Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Um, the theme for our year this year is a future and a hope, because I feel very hopeful about our future, and because we serve the Lord. The Lord says this, for I know the plans I have, said, uh, says the Lord, I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans for good and not disaster. How many believe that, amen? Plans for good and not disaster. You might be walking through disaster, but God's plans for you are good. And so to give you a future and to give you a hope, that's our theme. And we've been in a series through the month of January uh, regarding this theme. Today, I want to talk about a future and a hope, the reward of hope, because hope and perseverance has its reward. And we'll talk about that today as well. For the tough things that you've gone through, through the tough things that you're going through, God still has an expected end, and he has a reward for each one of you that are listening to me right now to be encouraged in the word. We're going to take a look at the uh, life of Job, and, uh, and we'll uh, take some lessons from Job that will really, really uh, encourage us today. But first, let's pray. And uh, Again, let me just say how glad I am you are, you're here today. I just... When I walked in the back room this morning, saw so many people here, it just made my heart leap. And it's just a blessing to see. And if that blesses the heart of a pastor, it has to bless the heart of the Lord as well. So thanks for taking the time to come out today, right here on campus and also online. Thank you for just connecting with God today. And I really believe during these next few moments, God will speak to your heart. There's going to be a connection, and, and God's going to encourage you from the inside out. So let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you so much. Thank you, Lord God, for your word that's living and powerful. God, I thank you right now that your word speaks to our hearts, but not only do you speak to our hearts, but you change our hearts, you change us from the inside out. So Lord, I just pray this morning that your word would speak to us clearly as we speak about hope, having hope in you, and also the reward of hope today. Lord, I just pray right now for your people, Lord God, many who are discouraged this morning will walk away encouraged in you. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus, and all of God's people said, amen, amen. amen. God bless you, and you may be seated, hallelujah. There's a set of notes that you would have received this morning when you came in. You can get those online. Also, if you need a set, you can just lift your hand long enough if we missed you. But um, uh, they'll give you a good framework on the message today. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about Job today. Job's in the Old Testament. And Job is an Old Testament book with about 42 chapters. It's one of the longer books in the Bible. And, um, but... Jesus, the brother of, of uh, pardon me, James, the brother of Jesus, all right, James, the brother of Jesus, or the half-brother of Jesus, um, spoke about Job when he wrote in the New Testament. So Job was in the Old Testament, but James spoke about him in the New Testament, and he said this, indeed, we count them blessed to endure. Uh, if you endure, you'll be blessed, all right? I want you to say that with me this morning. If I endure, I will be blessed. Because the Bible says, indeed, we count them blessed to endure. You've heard of the perseverance of Job and have seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. Let me just ask you the question this morning, because it's making an assumption here. You've heard of the perseverance of Job. How many of you in your life have heard about Job a little bit, right? You kind of got an overview. So Job is not new to you, but just like we tell these stories, these great stories. They speak to us in a different way every time. Now, there are some of you that never heard of Job at all. You thought his name was Job, but his name isn't Job, it's Job, all right? Well, I've got good news today. You're going to learn a lot here today, all right? Now, 
when Job was really going through difficult times in his life, and he went through terribly difficult times, at his worst, Job said this, though he slay me, yet I will hope in him, yet I will trust in him, though he slay me. It got so bad in, 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 in uh, Job's life that his life was literally on the line. He wondered if he would live or die, and he did say this. He said, even though he slay me, yet I will trust in him, yet I will hope in him. And our, our theme, again, is hope. I'll hope in the Lord. Everyone, when you run out of hope, you've run out of everything. Keep on hoping in the Lord. Can I get a witness? Amen. Job, was, Job knows what it is to lose family, to lose possessions, to lose friends. And yet he said, I'm going to hope in the Lord. Even if the devil slays me, yet I'm going to hope in God. So now, for the past two years, we've gone through so many changes and challenges in life. And we've had to make so many adjustments just, just to adapt to this new life that we're living because everyone this morning, you know, a pandemic is not unprecedented, but a pandemic in our life is unprecedented because we, none of us are over 100 years old. So this is all new to us. Uncharted territory, we've only heard about it in history books, and now we're having to live kind of way through it. But I would just say, so we've had to adapt. And I want to just say, you've been resilient and you've been resourceful, and I believe that God is going to reward you for holding on to hope and staying in faith. In these times that we live in, don't slide away. Don't take an exit from God. Hold on to hope and stay in faith, and God has a reward for you. Can I get a witness? Amen. So we're talking about Job now. And if anyone had to go through tough times and hold on to hope, it was Job. Job's life is kind of a metaphor or a picture of our lives during this time of testing because as we look at what Job endured, it helps us to endure as well. How many of you have ever gone through some tough times where you had a week like you were really what we call kind of in a, in a funk or in a depression, and you go like, man, I just feel like giving up, or you might have even been sick, and you go like, man, I, I, it's just the worst of times for me, but then you saw somebody else who was going through ten, something 10 times worse than you. How many of you have ever seen that, right? And then they were keeping the faith, and they were holding on to hope, and then it goes like, man, if they can do it, I guess I can do it. And so that's why we look at the life of, of, of Job, because we go like, man, if he can endure, I can endure. And if you ever feel tired, let me give you the highest model that we have, and that's Jesus Christ. Because Jesus, it says, if you ever feel like giving up, look, who Je look at Jesus who endured the cross, despising the shame for each one of us. If he endured the cross, and he, he endured the cross, guess what? We can endure the cross that we've had to go through here too as well. And it gives us hope, amen? So we can learn from all of these lives. Now, let's start with the story of Job. And Job is found in the, uh, in the Bible. And there's uh, 66 books in the Bible, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. So if you can get Jesus as a trinity, that's three, right? If you can remember that. Say with me, three. three. Okay, three times three is what? Nine, right? And so... That's 3, 9. That 39 is the Old Testament. And then 3 times 9 is what? 27. 27 in the New Testament. Just taught you a new little trick right there, all right? I got the numbers, but I forgot what you said about the numbers, Pastor Perry. But I'm saying there's 66 books, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. So the book of Job is found right before Psalms, all right? So you go from Job's into Psalms. So right before Psalms. So find it there in your own Bible. 
And we're going to pick it up just in chapter 1. It's a long book. We won't be going through the whole book, but we'll have an overview of it this morning, all right? In the land of Uz, there was a man named Job. In the land of Uz, it didn't say the land of Oz. That's another place. In the land of Uz, all right? Uzi. And Uz is a land they don't really have, and the archaeologists haven't quite nailed it down exactly where it's at. Can't find the, it's the land of Uz. But they say it's southern Israel. So it'd be southern Israel bordering on Jordan. For those of you that have been to Israel, crossed over into Jordan. A lot of these countries is border, so you can go right from Israel into Jordan. It's down in that territory was the land of Uz. There lived this man named Job. This man was blameless and upright. Say with me this morning, blameless and upright. He feared God and he shunned evil. Man, let me give you a recipe for life and success. He feared God and he shunned evil. Say it with me this morning, fear God. And that doesn't mean be afraid of God. It just means to fear God, have a holy reverence for God, fear God, and, and shun evil. And then he had seven sons and three daughters. He had ten children. And at that time, anybody that had a large family, it was a signal of God's blessing on their lives to have a large family. Wow. I remember once when I lived in North Dakota, the uh, uh, doctor there, Dr. Hiltz, H-I-L-T-S, he and his wife uh, were, uh, came from a Catholic background, and they believed this verse, literally. They had 17 children between the two of them. And they lived in an uh, old three- or four-story house in that little town, and he was the town doctor, but he was blessed, all right? So Job was blessed with his children. How many of the children are a heritage from the Lord? They're a blessing, amen? Ooh, that was a weak amen. Give me a real good day, amen? All right, come on, all right. We love our children. Now, he also had a bunch of livestock. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 1,000 oxen, 500 donkeys, and he had a, har- a, a, a very large number of servants, of course, to care for all of this livestock. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. So when you talk about all the people of the East, big statement, but the Word of God says this, he was the greatest man of all the people in the East. Now, we don't know who wrote the book of Job. Uh, the authorship is unknown. It could have been Job himself, but I don't know that he would speak of himself in such glowing terms. He'd maybe let someone else speak of him in those glowing terms. So Moses could have been a possible author, uh, and Solomon could have been a uh, possible uh, author, and uh, one other could have been a uh, a possible author as well. Um, but, but, But he was a real person living in a real place who came under real attacks. Now... God loved Job because he used him as an example of like, if you want to see what a godly man looks like, look at, look at Job, my servant Job. So one day, say with me this morning, one day. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. Another version says the, the sons of God, but the sons of God are translated in the NIV to angels. One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and then Satan came with them as well. Satan was a fallen angel, the, and he took about a third of heaven with him in his fall, And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord, well, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth in the earth. And get this, he said, well, I was just kind of roaming around the earth. But let me just say, he was probably uh, seeking someone to devour and destroy. Because the enemy, the the devil comes to seek, and uh, the devil comes to... um, Yeah, kill, steal, and destroy. 
but he also seeks to devour, and he, and he comes to devour. So he's going, he's going to and fro on the earth seeking someone to devour. I'll just suggest that that's probably what he was doing since that was his you know, uh, job description. So the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Have you considered my servant Job? And then Satan replies to God, does Job fear God for nothing? In other words, he's saying to God, the reason why Job serves you is because you bless him. You've blessed him with all these children. You've blessed him with all of his livestock, all of his possessions. And of course, he's just living the good life right now. Why wouldn't he serve you? And, and then the, de- the devil goes on to say, he says, have you not put a hedge around him in his household and everything he has? Have you not put a hedge around him? Say it with me this morning, hedge. By the way, we used to speak about the hedge of protection. God puts a hedge of protection around his people and their households and their families. And even, even a message I remember as a young pastor, someone preached on praying the hedge of protection. In other words, ask God to put a hedge of protection around you and, and your children, your household, all those kinds of things. And the devil even knew that. Has he not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. In other words, he had this big bunch of livestock and camels and every I mean just 3,000 camels you know if you've ever been around camels you, you it's hard to take care of five camels much less 3,000 but he had 3,000 camels and now he says he's got all these possessions but now stretch out your hand and strike everything that he has strike everything that he has and that word has has to do with his possessions. If you strike his possessions, he will surely curse you to your face. In other words, we get, you know, kind of like, I've got this stuff, you know. I've got the things that I own. And your family's part of that too, your possessions. But he says, if you, if you take away all that he has because you've blessed him, he'll curse you to your face. So the, Lord said to, so the Lord now spoke back to Satan and he said this, Very well. Then everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. In other words, you can take everything that he has, but don't lay a finger on him. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now, this is where we start the story. So, soon afterward, well, Job was there talking to his servants or whatever. Somebody comes in and says, our livestock has been wiped out. Our buildings have been wiped out. Our family's been wiped out. And he just came in, and one thing after, while they were talking, they lost all of this while they were talking. And so Job's servants came in, and Satan came after, and Job's servants were removed, his children, his livestock, his sheep, his camels, his donkeys, and even his oxen. Everything was lost. It was a total wipeout. And the only thing that I can compare this with everyone today is like, have you been watching the news and seeing these hurricanes that come through in the Midwest and different parts of the country and they come in and just slam these uh, uh, grade four hurricanes and then everything that's left is just, just bits and pieces of wood and just everything's lost. In this case, it would have been livestock lost, houses and lands lost, and his children were lost as well. Devastating loss. And when Job heard the news that his children, servants, and livestock had perished, here's what he did. You'd have thought he had cursed God because the devil said he's going to curse God when he, loses it, when he loses all this stuff. But when he heard this, Job was so grieved that he got up and he tore his robe and he shaved his head and he fell down to the ground and he began to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. He began to worship the Lord. 
And I'm telling you what, he did this out of contrition, you know. He, he, he tore his robe, shaved his head. That was a sign of, of, of being in deep sorrow. And he knelt and he fell to the ground and he began to worship the Lord. And then Job said this, Instead of cursing God, he said this, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will return. The Lord has given and the Lord has taken away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Say it with me this morning. The Lord has given, the Lord has taken away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. In other words, the name of the Lord be praised. And in all this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. You know, when you pastor long enough, there's some messages you preach that you've preached them lots of times, but you're so young, you don't have that many problems. But the road of life can sneak up and bite you really hard and take some things away from you. I'm talking today, everybody, not just to people where everything's going okay, but I'm talking about people who have had to live through this verse right here that a family member was taken away from them. And they have a choice to either curse God or they have a choice to bless God. Job was such a righteous man, so much favor in, in, in God's eyes, even when he was put to the test by God approved the, the, the enemy, you know, coming against, you know, because he, he had confidence in Job that Job's not going to curse him, but he's going to, you know, he's going to worship him. But... Job answers and he says this, I didn't bring anything into this world. I'm not taking anything out. The Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And I want to just say, in, in, in all of this, Job did not sin by charging God with wrongdoing. My heart goes out to every person in this place today who's lost a loved one or lost a family member and you don't have the answers to your questions and yet you're the ones that says, blessed be the name of the Lord. God has given, the Lord has taken away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. You are in such good ground and on God ground. I just bless you today. You can give the Lord a praise for that because it's the right response. All right? Just a... Thank you, Lord God. Now... You'd have thought that Job passed the test with flying colors. Man, I just passed the test with flying colors. But Satan still wasn't satisfied. And let me just say this about the devil. The devil's a bad devil. God is a good God, but the devil's a bad devil. And the devil will always come back at a more opportune time. Even when you do pass the test, Jesus passed the test three times in the wilderness, but the Bible says that then Satan left him until he could come back at a more opportune time. Let me just tell you this, how long this temptation thing is going to go on in your life until you get to heaven. You're going to have to be tested and you're going to pass the test, but you go like, man, I just thought I got over the greatest temptations of my life or the greatest downturns in my life, but the, the devil will come back because he wants more of you. The devil isn't satisfied until he steals and kills and destroys. But remember this, Jesus always has the upper hand because he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And he says, I've come that you have life and have it to the full. So that Jesus always has the upper hand over the enemy. Can I get a witness? Amen? All right. Y'all with me today? So you'd have thought he passed the test, but here's another day. Say with me, on another day. The angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said to Satan, 
Where have you come from, Satan? Same answer from roaming about throughout the earth, going back and forth, to and fro, you know, seeking who I may devour. He didn't put those in, but that's his job description. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? Yes, he had. There's no one like on earth like him. He's blameless and upright, a man who fears God, shuns evil. And yet he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. In other words, he's gone through all of these things that you suggested, take away his possessions, take away everything that he has, and he'll curse you, and yet he has walked in integrity. He has not stumbled. He's not fallen. He's not cursed God at all. He didn't do any of it. And then the devil, knowing that he'd been checkmated, if you will, he said, skin for skin, the devil replied, a man will give all he has for his own life. It's one thing to lose what he has, but he'll curse you if you touch his own life. In other words, do you understand everyone here? Everything was taken away from, from Job, but, but, but God said, don't touch Job. You can't harm him, but you can harm everything around him, but you can't harm him. So Job could get, basically say, I, I had all of this loss, but thank God I got my health, and no, nothing happened to me. You know, I guess I can go on from here. But the devil said, skin for skin, a man will give all he has for his own life, and now, but now stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones. Remember we said skin for skin? Strike his flesh and bones and he will surely curse you to your face. So the Lord said to Satan, very well, then he is in your hands, but you must spare his life. In other words, you can harm him, but you must spare his life. Now this great contest that we're in right now, we don't even wonder why God even acquiesced to it, but he did. There was a, he had a purpose in the suffering that Job went through. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and he afflicted Job with painful sores. And the NIV calls them painful sores. The other versions uh, call them what they are, boils, all right? From the soles of his feet to the crown of his head. How many of you have ever had a blister on your heel? From, you know, wearing a, a pair of shoes and they rubbed the wrong way and then you got a blister. How many have ever had that? We've all had a blister. And how many have ever had to lance a blister because it was so painful you had to just lance it, poke a needle in it or something or cut a little bit just to drain the water off it? That's a blister. But a boil, take a boil up maybe five or ten times worse than a blister. I um, uh, met somebody, uh, a friend of, of mine, uh, six months ago at a conference, and this person was a missionary, and they had a boil on their neck and a boil on their head, and it just came from nowhere, but they were, had been afflicted with a couple of boils, and I looked at that, and I saw the boil sticking out and the boil on their head, and now the doctors had been treating it, and, 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 but I'm just saying it looked like the most painful uh, thing that you could kind of, it was just, uh, first of all, it didn't look good, and the second thing was just, you know, uh, filled with pressure, and, and, and then it was on your, your neck and on your head, and then, but Job had boils from his feet all the way to the crown of his head, covered with boils, and he was afflicted. How many know that that's bad, right? So Job now goes out to the edge of town and he's sitting like on an ash heap, the Bible says. He's sitting in the ashes, which reminds me, I, I would think it'd probably be a place on the outskirts of town where you would have uh, throwaway garbage and things like that because there is broken pottery there. And he's sitting in the ash heap, covered with boils, and he sat among the ashes, he says, and then he found these little um, pottery pieces that were broken, little shards that were sharp, 
and then he was scraping himself as he sat among the ashes. He's trying to give himself relief by lancing these boils, and he's sitting there. How many of you know you've kind of hit rock bottom? You've lost everything, and now you don't even have your health anymore, and you're sitting there, and, and you're lancing your own boils, and nobody's around you. And then his wife came to him, and wives are a source of comfort, but she said this, are you still maintaining your integrity? She said, curse God and die. His wife said that. Now, I want to just say this. Years ago, this was always in this story, this was always a place for comic relief. Look at Job's wife. Curse God and die. And then everybody would laugh. If you framed it right, you could get a laugh there every time because that's, that's the only way that I ever heard it preached. It was always kind of a, at the woman's expense, you would make this joke here. And, you know, Job, you maintained his integrity, but his wife came by and said, curse God and die. Well, first of all, she, wasn't, she was a believer just like him, but she wasn't probably on his same spiritual level. And I, I remember the Holy Spirit showed me this about 20 years ago when I was preaching. said, this woman had just had 10 of her children die. Lost all of, her, all, all of her possessions. Everything that she knew is gone, and 10 of her children, her children, are dead as well from this attack. And now Job's sitting in an ash heap, and she's going like, you are suffering so much. Just what does this mean anyway? And you curse God and die. That's what came out. And, and in other words, to have some compassion on the woman and not just make a joke out of it. Can I get a witness? In other words, if somebody does do that in a future sermon, you'll hear it. But honestly, I hope that they'll give them the other side is that the woman just lost all of her children in two, which would be a huge source of agony. So you've got his wife, you've got Job. It's just bad, bad, bad. And Job says to his wife, you're talking like a foolish woman now, not like a wise woman. Job says this, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? And in all of this, God did not sin in what he said. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Now, everybody, how many of you know it's great serving God when everything is going good? Yeah. Man, how many of you say, I'm blessed, hallelujah? God has blessed my life. How many glad for the blessings of the Lord in your life, man? How many glad that you're saved, you're forgiven, you've got salvation, heaven's waiting, praise God. God has blessed you, he's kept you, he's provided for you. And, and so, I mean, all of those things, let's give the Lord a hand for his goodness. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. But how many times do we praise God for the trouble in our lives? And you know, I think it was James that said, when trouble comes to your life, let it be a source of joy, knowing that the trying of your faith is going to produce something good. But we don't remember those verses. Let it be a source of joy. And shall we not accept good, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? Um, i got to hold a thought that's a poignant thought, and I'll give you one that isn't so poignant right now. But we have trouble in our lives. Things go wrong sometimes. Yeah, you know, I've lived in our house now that we li live in uh, ever since we got here. I, I, 20 years I've lived in this house. And about five years ago, we heard some scratching upstairs, and it was like, what is that upstairs? So I went up in the attic, and we found out, you know, after months of scratching and stuff, like I go up there, and it was uh, rats up in our attic. And they were sleeping on the furnace, and, and also they leave little souvenirs behind everywhere. And, and, and so they, we had just a bunch of rats. So I went to war with the rats. And, and, uh, uh, and, and so I got traps up there and, and put those, baited those traps. But then I also, you know, this high-tech generation now, 
they, they make these little home cameras, you know, for, through Amazon, and I've, I've got two cameras set up there that are motion sensors, and so you know exactly when the rats are coming in because it notifies you on your phone, and so I get to witness their execution and all of that, and... <laughs> I mean, I have many times. Don't, 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 bang, you know, it's gone. And... Oh, and I'm a compassionate guy, too. I don't even like to use those sticky traps because it's just too... I don't like to see them die that way, but now I don't care right now. I just don't care. <laughs> and uh, I've lost the compassion for the rat. And so, in other words, I'm blessed. I'm blessed with the house. I'm blessed with the blessings of the Lord. But after about five years of warn against these things, and I've been up and down and up and down and, and reset traps and, you know, trap... These mice, these rats, by the way, are as smart as a whip. They will walk by a trap for three or four days before they'll give it a chance because they, you know, they think it came from outer space and they, go, they don't know what it is. And then if it's there long enough, then they'll kind of nose up to it. But some of them are smart as a whip. They'll never get near it. I can have like, like right now, I got all the, uh, anyway, so. Um, I mean, I got little traps, big traps. I got electric traps. You walk in, bzz, like that. I got poison traps. I've got the whole thing. I mean, I went to war against them, man, you know. Um, but anyway, so about a month ago, all of a sudden, no, no, two or three Sundays ago, I was standing up here and said, I got water in my ceiling right now, and I didn't know what it was. And I was talking about Elijah and water out in the wilderness. God gave him, he says, you know, when you're without water, when you're in a drought for three and a half years, there's no water, you realize how precious water really is. You say, thank God for water. Well, that morning, I had just gotten up for church, and I had to turn off the water because I had water leaking through the roof. So I went out, turned the water main off, and, and, and then I'm not able to you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like having to take a uh, wash off of the washcloth and everything. So much fun before church, you know, the things that happen, you know, it's like, yeah, no water, you know. So you just kind of put your head in the sink and wash your head, whatever you do, you know. This morning I was taking a, 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 a little deal of a Listerine this morning uh, and, and, and it went down the wrong tube. And then a Listerine. <coughs> and then it was going like, <coughs> like, that, like that and I was going like, and then all of a sudden, my vocal cords were burning out. And I go like, I got to preach this morning, you know? So I got, anyway, started, never right. It's just fun being a pastor. I love it. <laughs> but what was I talking about? The rat. Oh. So anyway, the water's coming down. And then I turn it all off. Then I crawl up into the crawl space. And the crawl space in my house, whoever designed these houses, sometimes they just throw them together. And they have all of the venting and everything is laying all over the place. It's like no one's going to have to walk up here. You can't walk up there, miss the two-by-fours, nothing to do. And you're, you're, you, you have to bend down and you have to, I mean, where you can't even, you can't even hardly get to it. It's a major effort to get to the part of the house you need to get to. And then I went over and we went over to where these PEX pipes are. PEX pipes are what they use nowadays. They don't use copper pipes. They use what's a nylon kind of a pipe or a PCV, but it's more like, it feels more like nylon. Made to last 100 years unless a rat chews through it. And that's exactly what happened. After five years of those rats, they, they, one trained himself to, to chew through PEX pipe. And the minute you chew through PEX pipe, it starts spraying water out, and then it starts leaking down your roof. In fact, my brother-in-law two, two weeks ago had... This happened, and, and his whole roof in, his, in the house, five-year-old house, fell to the ground inside because a, a rat had eaten through the pipe. So a friend of mine, we went in and got that fixed, and we, we, we put in a, a PVC connector, had to cut it and all that. It took about three hours by the time you get the parts and everything. 
Thank God it's dry. Dry for two weeks. And then it started up two days ago or three days ago. There it starts dripping again. Oh, Lord. And so had to do the same thing again. And now we're calling in the rat busters this next week, the rat busters. I'm calling in professional help. Uh, it's, not, it's not the name of a company, but it should be. And so we're going to try it. What I'm saying is, in your life, you will have good, and in your life, you also have some rats in your life. And, but the bottom line is, is thank you, Lord God. I'm going to worship you anyway, even though I'm going through a tough time. Praise God. There's people that got it way worse than I. Can I get a win, man? And, uh, but watch this, though. Here's what I want you to see about Job. Job went through a tough time in his life. We'll get to the end of it, but God has an expected end in our tough times. It's way deeper than dealing with a bunch of rats or little problems in life. Some people have major problems in life. I'm talking about they're dealing with cancer. They're dealing with something else. I mean, we're complaining about our little thing when they really do have heavy-duty problems they're walking through. And, and, and Job was going through some heavy-duty problems, and, and watch this. He gets to the end of these problems, and, and he, he shares with us several things we'll share this morning yet, and I won't be going way long today, but, he'll, but anyway, he encourages us. Job has encouraged the Christian church now for 2,000 years. He's encouraged it, and he had to go through this pain to get a gain. In other words, God allowed him to go through this pain, in, but in God's sovereignty, that pain that Job went through was going to be a gain for everybody in the Christian community because they go like, if Job could suffer like that and be blessed like that at the latter end, then that can happen to me as well. Now, leave Job right there, but then go to Jesus because we all think in our life, well, troubles, if you're going through troubles, you, just might, you must not be righteous. You must not be spiritual. But the most spiritual person who ever lived was Jesus, and Jesus, before he went to the cross, he knelt down in the Garden of Gethsemane and even sweat blots, uh, drops of blood, knowing what he was faced with, his impending death on the cross, and he prayed to Jesus, and he said to Jesus, he sweat, while he's sweating drops of blood, he says, Jesus, if there's any way that you can take this cup of pain away from me, please do it. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And Jesus, rather than pushing the cup of pain away, he said, no, I want to do your will, Lord God. So he followed through on the cross, went to the cross, and died. But watch this. He died, and without a death, there is no resurrection. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, without that pain, there is no gain at all. And Jesus went through death on the cross, that kind of pain. He didn't push that cup of pain away. He said, God, I, I can't even understand this. If, it, if you could take it away, take it away. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He followed through being crucified on the cross, dying, but then rising again. And because Jesus rose again, we all will rise again. So the pain that Jesus went through, his pain was our gain. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm just suggesting to you this morning that what you're going through and what we're all going through here is going to be for a greater gain and some kind of a greater good because all things work together for good to those who love the Lord. I'm talking about the bad things and the good things can all work together for good if we love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. And, and the story's unwritten still. I'm, I'm looking at Will and Marcy. Are they still here this morning? Or did they, are you still here, Will and Marcy? Yeah, God bless you, Will and Marcy. I love you so much. They, they, they just lost their son three weeks ago. And, and their son was only in his 30s. 
and he passed away, and, and, and he, he ended up getting COVID, and it, it affected him negatively and quickly, and, and he passed away, and now they're still processing their grief. And I still think about how much I miss Wayne. And, and I was thinking about Sarah the other day. I'll call her up this week and see how she's doing. And they're all from this church, and they live in Grand Rapids, Michigan now. But they're going through the real deal. I'm talking about this passage right now. They're living it out and not in some trite way. It's a real way because they actually lost a son to this. But I'm still believing in a God in the middle of it. I want to be like Job and say, God has given, God has taken away, but blessed be the name of the Lord because in God's great sovereignty in his big picture way, he's saying, this is the hardest thing you're going to have to face, but for one reason, I'm going to use it in some way that's going to be a blessing to a lot of people in the name of Jesus. Some way the expected end is going to be a good end. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's going to help other people along the way as well. Am I communicating this clear enough, in other words, in your own life? Well, you're in the middle of the mess. Just at least give God his due that God is a God that can work all of these bad things out for something good. And say, God, okay, I'm in the middle of this mess. But let it be for a cause for joy because I know that you're going to make me stronger. You're going to make me more patient. You're going to make me more compassionate. You're going to make me wiser. And God, I, I, I hate being in the press right now. I hate the losses that I'm taking. But out of this bad, God is going to bring something good. Yeah. Hallelujah. Man, that's word right there. Give the Lord a great hand clap. Be encouraged. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Man, okay, now I'm, just, I'm, I'm really going to track you guys now, um, which is I'm trying to give you hope, all right? So, um, so Job was suffering, and Jewish tradition says that he suffered for about one year. It's a long time to suffer. In fact, Job's suffering started in the middle of chapter 1. In your chapter 1 of, of Job... Chapter 1 and chapter 2 is where the suffering comes on. His losses are realized in chapter 1 and chapter 2. He goes all the way to chapter 42 with suffering and questions. So here's what you've got. You've got 39 chapters of suffering out of 3. That's when you get ready to read the book of Job in your, in, in, when you're going through the Bible in a year and you hit Job, you go like, it's going to be a long ride. I think it's going to take me a month to get this through this thing. You know you're on a long ride. And, but he goes through all of this suffering for so many chapters. In the past two years, everyone, we've experienced all, of, uh, all kinds of changes in our life, challenges, even suffering. Many have suffered a great deal of loss, just like Job did. And we know, so that's one thing, we've suffered loss and we've been challenged in our life, especially with uncertainty. And many families have experienced loss and now there's none of us. It used to be if we asked somebody, do you know of anyone who's been affected by COVID? Nobody would raise their hand. Or do you know of anyone that's lost anyone? Nobody would raise their hand. But if I ask you that question now, everybody would raise their hand because we all know somebody in some family who's been touched by this pandemic that we've been in. Um, We know what it is to practice social distancing. And as far as social distancing goes, it would have been better if they would have told us to practice physical distancing, but to not practice social distancing because we need social distancing. We can be distanced physically, but we don't want to be socially distanced because with social distancing, a lot of interaction is lost. And with it, many people become disconnected and isolated, which in turn causes loneliness, which is emotionally unhealthy. And that's all through social distancing. It's just a play on words, but do you get what I'm saying? In other words, if you are physically distanced, don't be socially distanced from somebody. We need one another socially to be healthy. Can I get a witness? Amen? 
I mean, what I just said is true, all right? We know what it is to wear a mask. We know what it is to wear a mask, and we know what it is not to wear a mask. Uh, here in Sacramento County, we're wearing masks about everywhere we go, but I, I was just in Placer County just the other day uh, in Roseville, and nobody was wearing masks. Because in a coffee shop, nobody had masks on at all. No, and we're in a restaurant, nobody had masks at all. And I go like, wow, that, that uh, Omicron is really smart. It knows to stop at the Placerville line right there. It just doesn't go. It, he, Omicron does not shop at Galleria at all. And, and, and so just so you know that. But if you come over here to Florin Mall or anywhere else and you got masks everywhere else, it's such a smart, smart little uh, thing. So we know how to bob and weave in between this. We know what it is to lose loved ones. My own mother died. COVID's on her death certificate, even though COVID was only the, uh, the, 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 the thing that broke the camel's back because she had a lot of other, she had, she had dementia, Alzheimer's and all of that but COVID's on her death certificate. We know what it is to wonder when this is all going to come to end, come to an end, but I want to say this morning, as I said earlier, I must say today that I'm more hopeful and more optimistic than I've ever been on this whole run that we've been on. I feel like right now that we're getting ready to come out from it, to tell you the truth. And so I just want to, you know, I feel that way more than I ever. I never said it in 2020 or 2021, but I feel more hopeful right now and I believe that a lot of people do. And it's a good thing to have hope. Can I get a way to say amen? So um, it's a spattering of hand claps, but how many of you would like to see the whole thing in your rearview mirror? Give the Lord a great hand clap for that. All right, I do. One day we'll be talking about it as a point in history and not our everyday experience, all right? So, um, so even though Job had suffering, he didn't give up. Instead, he persevered and he kept going in the Lord. Amen. And then he even said this, like I said before, though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. I'm going to hope in him. No matter what happens, I'm going to hope in him. Now, what do we learn from Job? And I'll go through these real quickly this morning because I'm almost out of time. Number one, troubles are a part of life. Troubles are a part of life. Here your notes begin right now. Job said, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? And Jesus said this, in this world you will have trouble, trials, tribulations, suffering, and sorrows, but be of good cheer I have overcome this world. Hallelujah. You're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer. Why? Cheer in the middle of trouble, yes, because Jesus and I have overcome the world. I always have the upper hand over trouble. And all of God's people said amen, right? Secondly, questions are a part of life. Questions are a part of life. Job had so many questions. In fact, when he got in the most deepest despair, in, uh, he said, why did I not perish at birth and die as I came from the womb? In other words, I wish I'd have never been born. I wish I'd have just died rather than face all of this that I'm going through right now. And I wanted to say there are people in this room right now that know what that means. They go like, from all I'm going through right now and all I've been through, I just wish I'd have never been born. I wish I'd have never died. But... Here's what I want you to say. Even in the middle of your grief, even in the middle of the mess, God has something going on that's going to help in the long run. He's got a bigger picture and a bigger plan and a bigger perspective. That's called the sovereignty of God. And you can say, man, God, I just don't like being mixed into that sovereignty, but you are. You're mixed into that sovereignty, and man, and, and, but God's going to see you through to a better expected end. Hallelujah. So we had many questions. When I was... Uh, uh, a kid uh, in my teenage years and then 20s there was a singer out named Andre Crouch and Andre Crouch would have been the Kirk Franklin of his day all right although Kirk Franklin would have looked to Andre Crouch as a mentor and as somebody who we all learned from as far as gospel music and singing but Andre Crouch um, 
wrote all these great songs like The Blood Will Never Lose Its Power. He wrote these as a little, as a little kid. But one song that Andre Crouch wrote uh, that I like is called Through It All because it talks about questions. He said, I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions about tomorrow. And there's been times when I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation that my trials only come to make me strong. I thank God for the mountains, and I thank him for the valleys, and I thank him for the storms that he's brought me through. For if I'd never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. Then he says, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus, and I've learned to depend upon his word. Hallelujah. And I'm just saying this through it all thing that we're going through right now, you're going to learn to trust in God, to hope in God, and learn to depend upon his word. Hallelujah. And he said, if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God can solve them. I wouldn't know what faith in God can do. Folks here this morning, we're going to stay on Faith Lane, Hope Avenue. We're going to have faith in God, even through this whole thing. And God is bringing us towards something. He's bringing us toward a better and an expected end because he's full of kindness and compassion. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. It should be a verse, but it's, I don't think it's in the Bible, but this too shall pass kind of a thing. You hold on, everyone, because this too shall pass. And I want to just illustrate it this way. Every storm, all storms come to an end. Even though storms start, they all come to an end. And so I, I just want you to know this. Whatever you might be going through, every storm has a timeline. And if you're going through a storm, just realize that there's no storm that lasts forever. They come to an end. So keep your trust and your hope in God. Questions are a part of life. You'll have questions. Oh, by the way, the questions in Job... In Job, from Job chapter 2, starting at Job chapter 3, through, verse, through chapter 41, it's all questions. And many times God is silent. So what you have is questions and the silence of God for almost chapter 3 all the way to chapter 41. And only in chapter 42, the very last chapter, does the blessing of the Lord take over again. But all you have there is you've got lots of questions and lots of silence. Hallelujah. Now, third thing this morning, we all need friends to get us through. Say with me, we need friends. And how many glad for good friends? Amen? So Job had three friends. It's only 1223, everybody. We're good. I'm going to get you out of here. I'm going to get you out of here within, probably within about, almost within seven minutes. Let's see what happens. You can have hope. Job had three friends. Say with me, three friends. Eliphaz, Bildad, Zophar. There were his three friends. And when they heard about his troubles that had come upon him, they set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and to comfort him. Man, that was really good. They went to sympathize and they sat with him with, for a whole week and never really said anything. But then after a week, they said too much. They just got to be, it just got to be an interrogation of his life. Job, you must have sinned. If, if this is coming on, because God only blesses people, and if you have trouble, that means you're not under the blessing of the Lord. We already established that it isn't true. Many times God uses this cup of pain in our life for a greater gain in your life and in somebody else's life. So it's not that you're unspiritual because you're going through trouble. It probably means you are spiritual because, you know, the devil comes against people of God that are being effective or love the Lord. But anyway, he had three friends that came to comfort him. Thank God. When, when people are going through great loss in their life and great challenges, 
you don't need to have, you know, the great words of wisdom or anything. Sometimes it's just there just to be there, to sit next to them silently, to cry with them, to weep with those who weep, and, and just to be there for them. How many glad for the friends that have been there for you when you've gone through tough times, amen? But have you noticed there's not many? Look at this. Job's, Job had three friends. Job was the most famous man, the most blessed man in, the, in all of the East, the Bible said. He, he's the guy. He's the guy with a great farm, the great you know, possessions, great family. You know how many people had showed up for Job? Three. And I want to just say here this morning, you don't have 5,000 Facebook friends. That's the limit, by the way. You might have 1,000 or 1,100 Facebook. Guess what? They're not your friends. Not really. They're Facebook friends, but they're not really going to be there for you. Unless you're inviting them out to one of those fancy dinners where you're showing the pictures of the food, they're not going to be there for you. And, and, and I have found that this is so untrue in life. If you can get through life with about three to five really close friends, that's it. And I'd say more like three. And, and I mean, when you think about it, and I call them respectfully hell or high water friends, you, you've got the good time friends, the ones that are with you, but the ones that are with you through the worst of times, when you've hit the bottom, when nobody else wants you, but they still want you, those are your true friends in life. There's another three friends you'll have that I really like is the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Can I get a witness, amen? We'll always be with you. And Jesus, Jesus said this, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for time of adversity. Friends are really supposed to be friends all the time, but especially during times of adversity. Okay, number four um, uh, is worship can be the truest in the worst of times. And I don't know how this works, but it's true. When Job heard the news that his children, servants, and livestock were all lost, here's what they did. Here's what he did. He got up and tore his robe and shaved his head, and then he fell to the ground in worship. We talked about this already, but we're talking about worship can be the truest in the worst of times. And he said, Naked I came from my father's womb, naked I will depart. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Sometimes when you're crushed, the best comes out of you when you're crushed. And when you're at the end of the rope and when you've got nothing more to give is when something wonderful and beautiful comes out of you um, in worship. And and it's at the worst times in your life, but you'll feel sometimes the most uh, precious, uh, you know, anointing, that takes place in your life. I have Sam Reifkogel, who's a good friend of mine in Grand Rapids Assembly of God in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He's been here three times or so. And um, his daughter, Brenda, um, I think she must be in her 30s as well. Worship leader at the church, very talented person. She passed away a week ago, or two weeks ago. And uh, um, I believe it was from cancer in her body. And she's only in her... 20s, I believe it would be, or early 30s at the most. I'd say 20s or 30s at the most. And now today, Sam's back up there preaching the gospel for the, you know, he was out of the pulpit for three weeks just grieving, but he's right, he's right back there. And, but I'll tell you what, whatever message he shares today, it's going to be a good message because it was, you get the diamond out of the pressure. You got cold before that, but when you've been tried, you're going to come forth as gold. You know what I'm saying? It's from that pressure you go through in life. And something sweet's going to come out of something very bitter in his life. 
but, and yet he's going to keep, he's going, man, I, 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 I know that God is with me. When you've been tested, here's the next thing, point five. When you've been tested, your faith in God will grow. I don't know how it happens, but it, but it comes through testing. And, and, and Job comes out of all this. He's in the middle of the book of Job now, Job 19, and he's in the middle of all of this, you know, long year of, of suffering. But he says this, I know that my Redeemer lives and that at the end he's going to stand on the earth. And he was talking about Jesus. From the Old Testament, he's talking about Jesus who's not even been born yet, but he's talking about his Redeemer. I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I'm going to see God. God. Forget this body right here. Forget the skin in my flesh. He says, my flesh might be destroyed, but after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. In other words, this body might be destroyed, yet I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another, how my heart yearns for him. And somehow, through the pain and through the suffering he went through, he got a revelation from God that he couldn't have got any other way. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. And the sixth thing is when you've been tested by God, you're going to come forth as gold. And, and I love it, what Job said in Job 23, God knows the way that I take, and when he has tested me, I'm going to come forth as gold. This fiery furnace of affliction is going to produce something in my life. It's going to take the dross away, all of the impurities away. And when God has tested me, when I have been tried, I shall come forth as gold. Remember this, there is no testimony without a test, and God will turn your test into a testimony. Thank you, Lord God. And you're being tested right now, but persevere like Job persevered, and you're going to pass the test. And I heard it said somewhere, and I like this, you know, saying, you know, when, when you've been tested, God will give you double for your trouble. I like that. Because Job was tested twice, but I'll tell you what, God gave him double for his trouble. In fact, in Job 42, verse 12, we're coming down the landing right now. He says this, the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. Remember, he used to have 7,000 sheep, now he has 14,000 sheep. He had, he had, he had 3,000 camels, now he has 6,000 camels. He had 1,000 oxen, now he has 2,000 oxen. He had 500 donkeys, now he had uh, 1,000 donkeys, and then he also had seven sons and three daughters, and you might go, where's the double there? No, because let me show you where the double is, because Job still had 10 children in heaven and 10 children on earth, and there you get your double. He has 20 children altogether, 10 are in heaven and 10 are on earth. Nowhere in all the land were there found women as beautiful as Job's daughters, and he named them these beautiful names, and their father granted them an inheritance along with their brothers, so you had the daughters and the brothers, and they all had an inheritance, and after this, Job lived 140 years. It didn't say that he was 140 years old. He said he lived 140 years after all of this. Scholars believe that Job was probably about 100 years old when all of this happened, so he lived probably to be 210 years old. He saw his children and their children to the fourth generation. So all of this mess that the enemy intended, God turned it into some kind of a blessing in the name of Jesus. Give the Lord a great hand clap for that. Amen. Hallelujah. So the last point here this morning is this. There is power in perseverance. Power and perseverance. Keep on persevering, everybody. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Keep 
on perseverance. Instead, in a, in a, don't break. Don't let your life get broken. Keep on perseverance and get good at persevering because you know why? Because God has an expected end for me. Hallelujah. The story is not finished yet. I'm not in chapter 42 yet. I might be in the middle of Job, but praise God, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So I'm going to persevere. And I wrote you a little poem this morning. When you get through what you're going through, God has a double blessing waiting for you. All right? When you get through what you're going through, God has a double blessing waiting for you. So stay faithful to the Lord. Persevere. Be just like Job. And oh, by the way, and I'm, I'm done. But get good at persevering. When I was a little kid, we used to have um, snowmobiles in the Midwest. Snowmobiles, when they first invented, they would break all of the time. You would go out on a trip, but somebody's machine would always break because they just would break early on when they started developing snowmobiles. And there used to be like 100, 200 different manufacturers of snowmobiles. You know what a snowmobile is, right, here in California, right? You, we know. We, we, we rent those up in the hills. But those snowmobiles, and, 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 but, it, but in the Midwest, they're all over the place. And anyway, but they break a lot. But now, through the years of research and development, they build those things just like enduro motorcycles. They have shocks in them right now. And you can run those things for 10 years now, and they don't even break at all. You can just smack them, smack them, smack them, and they just start right up and go. But before, you'd be lucky to get through a day or two days without a bogey wheel flying off or an engine or something. Something would break, and then you'd, somebody would have to pull you back to town to get fixed and go out again. Then it would break a few weeks later. No, but now they'll last for 10 years. What I'm trying to say is, this. Get good at persevering. Say, you know what? I might have broken a little bit. No, but God's going to make me strong, and I'm going to get stronger. Not, not less strong, but stronger. And I'm going to get good at persevering. That's the one thing we've had to do here, you know, is adapt to what's going on in our lives right now. But praise God, what am I going to do this morning? I'm going to grab the mask, whether I got to wear it or not. It's going to be ready to go. I'm going to get through this. God is with me. And if God before me, who can be against me? And even though I'm in the middle of all this stretch, praise God, I know that God has an expected end, and he's going to get me there, and the end is going to be better than the beginning. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. And just get good at it. Hallelujah. Get good at trusting God and having faith in God. And if you receive all of this, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Would you do that? Amen. Hallelujah. Woo! Man, I'll tell you what, I, I feel like going for God right now. Hallelujah! Why? Because Job encouraged us today, and he encourages millions of people, but his pain turned out for his gain, but his pain also turned out for our gain because we're all encouraged But why Job went through it. Because we're going, if Job could go through that and God was with him, I believe that I can go through it because God is with me as well. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So be encouraged in the Lord. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. Stand with me all across the room. You've been so awesome to talk with today. Man, it's just been wonderful. Hallelujah. Let me just pray for you right now. Father in heaven, I thank you right now that you're with us. And Lord, that on this journey, we talk about almost every week, somewhere along this line, we talk about what we're going through because we're going through stuff. When will I stop talking about it? When it goes away. But as long as we're faced with challenges, God's got an answer in his word. He's going to encourage us, everyone. So Lord, I just thank you right now that you're encouraging us today in your word. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, let every person in this place right now that is really feeling low, really feeling hurt, hurting right now, almost feeling like just giving up. I just pray, Lord God, that they would be encouraged in your word today and that they'd also be encouraged by others as well. 
Hallelujah. Lord, send other people their way also, like Job's three friends that could at least be there with him, Lord God. Help them, Lord God, I pray. And Lord, I thank you that you're the one that is our greatest helper. You'll be our help in our time of need. I just give you praise for that right now in the name of Jesus. But Lord, I just speak blessing over everyone right here on campus and everyone that's watching online. Be encouraged in the Lord and also get good at persevering. God's going to help you to even get better at persevering. But there is an expected end coming that God is kind and full of compassion. And the latter days will be better even than the former days. Thank you, Lord God. We just give you praise for that in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord God. Every scholar, let me just point this out too because it doesn't apply to everyone, but for those of you that have lost loved ones, every scholar that, that is, is a good scholar, a reasonable scholar will say Job's first family was lost. In other words, they, were, they did per perish. God replaced them with another family. They got, they, they, in other words, he, God still blessed them with another family, but that family was still gone. That hurt was still present. And yet we have the hope that we're going to see those in heaven again. In other words, he doesn't diminish what we've lost. Couldn't get that back. But God still, what the enemy meant for evil, God still had a way of turning back to good. So even with these things that hurt so, so, so deeply, we've still got to be just like Job. God has given, God has given to me, God has taken away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lift your hands with me this morning and, and uh, just pray this prayer. Lord God, in the gains of life and in the losses of life, I want to put my hope in you. And I want to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. And I worship you today, Lord God. And I bless you today, Lord God. Thank you for helping me right now, Lord God. Thank you for encouraging me. And I bless you today, Lord God. Say with me right now, I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Thank you, Lord God. I bless your name today, Lord God. And I give you praise today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.